Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by teaching pastor Tammy Melchine as we continue the series, Emotionally Healthy Relationships. If you're new, we'd love to learn your name. Simply text CONNECT to 630-793-6399, and we'll send you more information about community. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. Dinner's ready. I don't have time for this. What? Blah, blah, blah. Wow. Are you kidding me? No. I told you. Yeah, stop. right. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Hello, community. I am so glad to be with you today as we continue in our series, Emotionally Healthy Relationships. Where are you watching from? Uh, go ahead and put that in the chat right now as you greet one another. Now, to begin, let me ask, are you familiar with the phrase, the tip of the iceberg? Of course, it's a metaphor meant to point out that what we are seeing and hearing and experiencing is just a fraction of what is happening below the surface. And my guess is most of us are familiar with that term because of the most famous iceberg, the one that sunk the Titanic. On April 14th, 1912, one of the worst tragedies in modern history unfolded as the Titanic collided with a giant iceberg in the North Atlantic. Now, the navigators, they saw the iceberg in the distance, but what they did not realize is that 90% of the iceberg's mass was lying below the surface. They only saw what? The tip of the iceberg. And because they were unaware of what they could not see, the results were disastrous. The truth is, our lives can be a lot like an iceberg. Often only 10% is visible above the surface. That is the stuff that we say, the stuff that we do, maybe the stuff that we put on social media. But all of us have a lot more that is going on below the surface. And, and, and our emotions are part of that, that is, that is usually happening below the surface. And many times we are unaware of what we cannot see. And that's why today's talk is so important. You see, too often we shipwreck our relationships because we, we are unaware of what is happening below the surface. And rather than dive in and examine the true issues, what is really going on, we just continue to focus on the things happening above the waterline until eventually we've had enough. And at that point, Unfortunately, many times we just shut down or we withdraw or, or maybe we decide to find different friends or go to a different church or even choose a different partner. But the problem with switching friends, churches, and partners is it can be a lot like switching chairs on the Titanic. It's not really solving the main problem. Because here's the truth that we need to understand today. Unprocessed emotions don't die. They don't die. They just get buried alive. And sooner or later, they are going to come to the surface. And, and oftentimes when they come to the surface, it's at inopportune times and many times in unhealthy or even destructive ways. To have emotionally healthy relationships, we have to deal with what is going on below the surface. We have to honestly address and examine our emotions so that we can be free to love the people in our lives better. And that's why this series, Emotionally Healthy Relationships, is so important. 
is because all of us, we all long for healthy, meaningful relationships. But what we so often experience is, is that why we long for these relationships, our experience in relationships often is down here. And this gap in between is the disappointment that we feel. The disappointment that our relationships are not what we want them to be. And rarely is the true source of these disappointments found in the the 10% that is above the waterline. No, most often, this disappointment is below the waterline in that 90% that lies below. Now, our goal for this series is that we will all learn how to better love the people that God has placed in our lives. Because as followers of Jesus, there really is nothing more important than growing in our ability to love. When Jesus was asked what is the the most important commandment, he answered by saying, love God, but then because they are so closely connected together, he also added, love people. Love God and love people. You see, the single most important mark of a growing Christ follower is a deepening love for God, and a deepening love for people. And so here's the challenge we're calling to each other to during this series. Let's be courageous enough to recognize how how we ourselves might be contributing to that, that disappointment that we're feeling in our relationships. Let's have the courage to face that, to examine that, to look at that. And we're doing that by learning five different relational skills during this series. Each week, we're learning one that can help us grow as Christ followers who are learning to love the people in our lives better. And here's today's skill. Today's skill is to become self-aware. To become self-aware. Now, our goal for this series is that we become self-aware. Now, none of us likes to, to feel unaware, right? We don't like being caught unaware, In fact, a a number of years ago, uh, it was when I was actually interviewing for my first ministry job, and I had an interview at a church in Ohio, and I had met with a pastor and the board of the church several times, and, and as part of the interview process, they asked me to come on a Sunday morning. So there I was on a Sunday morning, and and I got to stand up in the service for a little bit and share a little bit about myself, and then and then after the service, they had a lunch for me in the fellowship hall where I got to mingle and meet a bunch of people. Now, it wasn't until after that lunch, when I went to the restroom, that I became aware that the zipper on the back of my skirt was completely and fully down. Great discovery. Now, thankfully, I had a long sweater on, but there is absolutely no way I made it through that whole morning without someone noticing. It's a horrible feeling, isn't it, when you recognize you've been caught unaware. And of course, when it comes to a wardrobe malfunction, probably the worst thing that happens is some embarrassment. And and yes, I did end up taking a different job. But when it comes to being unaware of our emotions, of the things going on below the surface of our lives, if we are caught unaware there, the results can be lasting, even disastrous. To be self-aware simply means knowing and understanding your emotions and motivations. It's about knowing and understanding your emotions and your motivations. And and the truth is, every one of us has a choice to make when it comes to examining this stuff that is below the surface. Now, sometimes we we might choose to be resistant. We we think, no, I'm not going there. This is the person who says, you know what? I am not doing all this touchy and feely stuff, and you just can't make me. 
And if that's where you are today, I, I mean, I get that. There's probably times in my life, certain parts of my heart where, where I feel resistant too. But the truth is, often our resistance is grounded in the fact that we're, we're actually afraid of what we might find there. Many times we're, we're unsure or uncomfortable with, with what is lying below the surface, and so we just want to resist it. But you see, that's why becoming an emotionally healthy person requires courage. It's so much easier just to, to stay on the surface, cracking jokes and distracting ourselves with all kind of noise than it is to look at what is really going on in our hearts. But, but if we don't ever go deeper, we're going to pay the price. And often that, that price is a loss of intimacy with the people that we really do love. So if you feel resistant to this conversation, I want to encourage you to lean in. Have the courage to take a step. Now, others of us might, might choose to be resigned. This is a person that's just kind of given up, and, and he or she might say something like, you know what, this is just the way I am. I'm not going to change. Everybody's just got to deal with it. Now, this person, the resigned person, maybe they, they know what they are feeling, but they're not interested in examining why they feel that way or open to changes that could transform their relationships. But this, today, I want to challenge every single one of us to make a third choice, and that is the choice to be resolved. To be resolved. This is the person who is ready to do the hard work. It's the person who says, I want emotionally healthy relationships. My friends are worth it. My family is worth it. My marriage is worth it. So today, let's challenge one another to move towards self-awareness. Because here's the thing, not only will it help us grow healthy, meaningful relationships, it's also another way that you and I can apprentice in the ways of Jesus. Because here's the truth. Jesus is self-aware. Jesus is self-aware. In fact, I'd venture to say he's the most self-aware person that ever walked the face of this earth. Remember, Jesus is divine, but he also walked among us as someone who was fully human. That means when we look at Jesus, yes, we see a picture of what God is like, but we also see a picture of what it is like to be fully human, to, to see a human flourishing. And Jesus experienced a whole range of emotions. Authors uh, Pete and Jerry Scazzaro, whose, whose book uh, provides the framework for the series, they had this to say. They say, Scripture portrays Jesus as one who had intense, raw emotional experiences and was able to express his emotions in unashamed, unembarrassed freedom to others. Jesus is self-aware. He experienced his emotions, and he was able to express these emotions in healthy ways. Let me share some examples. I mean, first of all, did you know that, that Jesus felt anger? He felt anger. Now, in most of the stories we read about Jesus, we see that, that he is just filled with compassion and mercy and patience. But there are certain times when, when Jesus just gets really annoyed with certain groups of people, or better said, he, these groups of people, they just tick him off. And most often, it's, it's the Pharisees, it's the Sadducees, it's the religious leaders of the day who held a lot of power. You see, one of the things these religious leaders did with their power is they made this whole list of rules that people had to follow. 
You see, they would take one of God's commands and they'd, they'd make all sorts of rules around this command that actually distorted the heart of the command and it put a heavy burden on the people. And it ticked Jesus off. I mean, he saw how the people were struggling and it made him angry. Now, there are lots of unhealthy ways to deal with anger, aren't there? I mean, sometimes we might unleash our anger, you know, just going off on fits of rage on, on different people. Or sometimes we might transfer our anger. This is like when, when you're angry about something at work, but you end up taking it out on, on the people in your home. Or, and this is my personal unhealthy pattern of choice, we can conceal or suppress our anger. But remember what we said earlier, unprocessed emotions do not die. And sooner or later, that anger is going to come to the surface, often in passive-aggressive ways like sarcasm or, or criticism. Anyone else feel like you're kind of a master in sarcasm? You know, I keep trying to convince myself that sarcasm is a spiritual gift, but hard as I try, I can't seem to find that in Scripture. But how did Jesus, how did Jesus manage his anger? Well, first, he was able to clearly identify what it was that was making him angry. Matthew records Jesus saying this. He says, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, they sit in Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you to do, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. Can you see him being angry here? They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads, and they put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Jesus felt angry and he identified what it was that was making him angry. And then he expressed his anger in clear and direct ways to these religious leaders. Matthew goes on and Jesus says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Jesus is angry, and he processed and he expressed that anger in healthy ways. Did you know Jesus also felt sadness? He felt sadness. I think of one occasion when one of his close friends, Lazarus, had died. And Lazarus' sister, Mary, comes to Jesus. She falls at his feet with these, these words that are just wrought with pain and with disappointment. She says to him, she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And I often think about Jesus' response in this moment. I find it kind of fascinating. After all, if you know the story, in just a few minutes, Jesus is going to raise Lazarus from the dead. I mean, he had been planning to do that all along to demonstrate the power of the kingdom of God. I mean, Jesus knows that in just a few minutes, people are going to be singing and rejoicing and dancing. And yet, how does he respond to Mary's pain in this moment? Well, John records it in just two simple words. This is what he says. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. He let himself enter into Mary's pain. He felt the sadness. And not only did he feel the sadness, he expressed it with open weeping. You know, it's interesting that so often I feel afraid of sadness. Maybe you do too. I mean, it seems like sometimes it's easy to fall in this, this unhealthy pattern of shutting off different parts of our hearts to the, the things that are hard. Or even if we're okay with the feeling of sadness, oftentimes we're still horrified 
by the thought of expressing it in, in any kind of public way, or even sometimes with the people that we are closest to. You see, we're afraid of this sadness because somehow it seems like we're embarrassed by it. Or, or maybe we equate sadness with weakness, and so we end up just trying to put a positive spin on every setback, to put a smile on our face through every heart, heartache. But Jesus wept. Jesus wept. He was free to express his sadness with public tears. It kind of makes me want to stop apologizing anytime I cry. Do you do that? You apologize when you cry? You know, the next time when you and I cry, let's just say, hey, look, I'm becoming more like Jesus. Because Jesus was able to process and express his sadness in healthy ways. You know, Jesus also felt fear. On the night that he was betrayed, we find him in the Garden of Gethsemane and, and knowing that the cross was ahead of him. His heart was full of anxiety and fear. Listen to his words in the garden. He says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me because he was afraid of what was coming. And he says, not my will, but yours will, your will be done. And being in agony, he was praying very fervently and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. Now, none of us are ever going to have to face what Jesus faced. But we still face a lot of things in this life that can cause us worry, anxiety, fear. And I think too often when we feel that, fear that, feel that feeling of fear, we turn to unhealthy behaviors just to numb those fears. Things like drinking or workaholism or overeating or binge watching or you name it. But notice, Jesus doesn't deny his fear. He doesn't hide it from the Father. Instead, he, he cries out to God. Jesus processed and expressed his fear in healthy ways. Now, just in case you think that Jesus only wants us to explore difficult emotions, let me give you one more. Jesus felt gratitude. I mean, he lived a life of thankfulness to the Father, and he often expressed that thankfulness both in his prayers and in public. I think of one instance when his disciples returned from an assignment he had given them, and they come back with reports of how just tons and tons of people were finding their way back to God. And Jesus' heart is so filled with gratitude that he just begins to praise God. He says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and have revealed them to little children. Now, it might seem counterintuitive that, that sometimes we struggle with positive emotions, but, but we do, don't we? I mean, have you ever been afraid to like truly be happy because then you thought, oh, something bad is going to happen? Or maybe you held back from expressing gratitude or appreciation to someone you love, maybe someone who needed to hear those words from you because it felt awkward or, or uncomfortable. But you see, Jesus, he wasn't afraid to feel gratitude, to feel happy. And he processed and he expressed that gratitude, that joy in healthy ways. Jesus is the most self-aware person who ever lived. He had a full sense of how he was feeling and he could express his emotions without any embarrassment. And friends, here is why this is so important for us. As Christ followers, if our goal is to become more like Jesus, then we have to grow in self-awareness. Being willing to, to take an honest examination of what is going on in our hearts below the surface is not optional. 
if we are going to apprentice in the ways of Jesus. And understand that this, this is not an exercise in, in self-absorption, just going in and looking and, and dwelling on our own emotions. This is about allowing Jesus to transform all of our being. You see, as we open ourselves up, the deeper parts of our heart to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will begin to illuminate. He'll begin to shine a light on things that, that we need to examine, things that need to come to the surface, things that need to be processed, things that need to be expressed. And as we do that, the Spirit will heal what needs to be healed. He will purify what needs to be purified. And He will help us grow into a healthier version of the person that He created us to be. And as we let the Spirit do His work in our lives, the end result is that we will be able to love God and love people better. We will take a step towards emotionally healthy relationships. So let's get practical for a few minutes. How do we let the Spirit search our hearts to help us become more self-aware? I actually want to invite you to join me in an exercise right now. Uh, a couple of years ago, our lead pastor, Dave Ferguson, invited one of our New Thing pastors, Bob Bauer, who's also a friend of mine. He invited Bob to come and speak to our senior leadership team about becoming emotionally healthy leaders. And Bob shared an exercise that he practices every day that helps him become more self-aware. And it's an exercise that just involves two questions. And, and here's the thing. I'm going to take an opportunity to answer these questions for myself right now. And, and I want to invite you to do the same thing. Go ahead and get comfortable. Maybe grab a pen and paper or a journal like me, and, and we're going to give you some time just to reflect in these moments. I'm going to lead you in these questions, and then we're going to go into a song. And you can take time during that song to, to either sing along or to continue to reflect on what God is showing you in these moments. And then I'll come back and wrap things up. As we begin, the, the first question that Bob asks us to consider is just simply this. How am I feeling right now? Now, it might seem simple, right? But if you're anything like me, it's a lot easier to answer what am I thinking right now than how I am feeling right now. So maybe let's just think about some of the emotions we saw in Jesus' life. Are you angry? Like, did something happen in your past or maybe even just in this past week that, that you're carrying there below the surface, something that happened with a friend or at work or with your family? Or are you sad? I mean, let's face it, there's a lot going on in our world that is sad right now between a pandemic and all the racial injustice Maybe what is lying below the surface there is just a, a sadness. Or are you fearful? Again, there's a lot of hard stuff going on. Maybe you're feeling fearful about your finances or about what's going to happen in the future. Or maybe there's something going on in your circle of friends or in your family that you just don't know how to handle and it's filling you with fear. Or are you grateful? Do you feel grateful? Do you feel grateful for the people in your life? or for an opportunity that lies before you, or for our church. Let's just take a few moments right now to answer this question, how am I feeling right now? You know, that first question, how am I feeling right now? It's the first step towards self-awareness. But then Bob challenged us to go deeper. He gave us a second question. And that second question is, 
Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? Friends, I want to encourage you right now just to lean into what the Holy Spirit is showing you. Open yourselves up to what He wants to illuminate in your life right now. I believe that if you and I do, He will lead us on a path to a greater self-awareness. Before we wrap this up today, I want to encourage you to not make this just a one-time event. You see, becoming self-aware is a daily practice. Maybe every day you could ask yourself those two questions. How am I feeling right now? And why do I feel that way? And remember, this is not an exercise in self-indulgence. This is about you and I becoming aware of the 90% that is lying below the surface so that we can find freedom to love the people in our lives better. Jesus modeled this life of love, and the path to self-awareness is in following His example. So let's follow Jesus. Let's become self-aware. Pray with me. God, I thank you for the work that you are doing in our hearts right now, right in this place. God, I, I pray that you would help us to open ourselves daily, continually to you, to allow your Holy Spirit to illuminate the things in our lives that you want us to see, to transform us from the inside out to the people that you created us to be. God, I pray for everybody watching right now that you would lead us on this path of freedom so that we can love you and love the people in our lives better. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.